Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Industry Matters, powered by the VGM Group. In this week's episode, we sit down with the VGM and U.S. Rehab reimbursement team of Dan Fedor and Rhonda Burmester to talk about some important upcoming dates that suppliers should be aware of, we get into some modifiers that suppliers should know, and also as Hurricane Michael has made landfall in the southeast, and we talk about some of the disaster relief that suppliers can get and some reimbursement flexibility that comes with that and some of the things that suppliers should know about the natural disaster process when it comes to billing. Today's sponsor of Industry Matters is Permobile. Reliability comes standard on the Permobile M1 Power Wheelchair, and now so do great margins. Permobile and U.S. Rehab have teamed up to offer exclusive pricing as well as rebates of up to 1.75% for U.S. Rehab members now through April 30th of 2019. To learn more about the program and how to get started, contact your regional account manager or member service representative at VGM today. Today on Industry Matters, back by popular demand, we have the reimbursement team of Dan Fedor and Rhonda Burmester, both who cover respiratory and, and mobility reimbursements, audits, and, and really they need no introduction. So Dan and Rhonda, welcome back. Thank you, Colin. So I must say that you are two of our most popular guests, uh, that and, and Wayne Van Halem. So something to be very proud of. Maybe we can get you a plaque or certificate. But we're very glad to have you guys back on. And to, to kick it off, I know that there's a couple of important dates coming up for suppliers and en- enrollment status and that kind of thing. So w- would you like to highlight that for our listeners? Sure. Um, I'll start with it. I know Dan will have some comments as well. Um, so we always like to share what we know um, or learning to help our members make the um, planning decisions they need to make for their businesses, and especially now with the changes coming um, with competitive bid for a couple of years where they're opening it up to any willing supplier in 2019. So what that means is contracts end at the end of the year, and even if you are in a bid area and didn't have a contract, you can now service Medicare beneficiaries January 1 and for the next couple of years until they come out with um, some other decisions that they might make or ha- will make. Um, so, um, and then those that have the bid, they won't have the contract anymore. So they um, have a m- little more wiggle room to um, do things with different things with these Medicare beneficiaries. So that's where we get into enrollment status. And I can let Dan comment on that if he'd like. Uh, yes, uh, definitely. That's um, a big change coming January 1st. Um, we want to make sure that if uh, you are considering uh, jumping back into the game come January 1st, if you want to go non-assigned, that you are enrolled as a non-participating provider. So that's very critical at this point because November 15th through December 31st is the only open enrollment time to make that change. So very important to find out from the NSC how you're listed as PAR or non-PAR. And if you choose to make that switch, uh, get that done before December 31st. Um, and what that will allow you to do, as Ron started to mention, is come January 1st, with any willing supplier, you'll be able to go uh, with a non-assigned claim if you see that the fee schedule or the single payment amount uh, for the uh, competitive bid items 
was too low for you to accept assignment. So yeah, that gives the suppliers a lot more flexibility about while they can't discriminate from Medicare to Medicaid and across payers, it gives the supplier much more flexibility about claims that they would be able to accept depending on those single payment amounts and not being tied down contractually to those to the bid agreements uh, that you may have had if you were a bid winner or what you would have to live under uh, in, if you weren't a bid winner and would like to begin participating within those competitive bid areas. Yeah, and that, that's what we've heard is some mixed reviews, I guess, if you want to call it that, with this proposed rule that's out there is those that have had a contract may be a little nervous about um, this being opened up because they've been the, the sole supplier maybe in that area. And what's this going to do now for other people? Like they may start losing referrals. So they have to, you know, up their game a little bit. Um, then those that may have been in the area but didn't have a, the bid, you know, in particular, I've heard some companies saying, I get a lot of referrals for CPAP, but I could never deal with Medicare bennies. Now I'll be able to take those Medicare bennies on because I didn't have the contract and now they're opening up. So they're excited about it. But we remind them the the rates, you know, think about those SPAs that are out there. Um, is, is that acceptable or not? And that's what they have to think about. And we've also had some companies say we've never dealt with we didn't get the bid. We've survived without it. I'm okay staying the way we are. So that's why it's just important to know what's good for your company, um, where you want to go with it in the next couple of years, and you know your options. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the ways to learn about what your options are are through the reimbursement webinar series that you two have been putting on. And glad that I had the opportunity to present on the proposed rule that we've been talking about. Um, how have you guys been doing with that? What are some of the topics that you're covering? And where can people go and listen to them? So, uh, yes, we started off this series uh, to get providers prepared for the January 1st. And we have um, we've conducted four so far. Is that correct, Rhonda? I believe, I believe I, we're at our fourth four. one. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, we started off with uh, any willing supplier just going over the background of what's happening, why, and just some key points there, and then documentation requirements that apply to, to everyone. And after that, we're getting the specific policies um, for each product category that's competitive bid category. And so we conducted four. There's four more to go. Uh, they have been recorded, and the handouts are available if you miss them. Uh, it is on uh, www.vgm.com forward slash reimbursement and that's where you'll see the list of all the past webinars as well as the future ones if you'd like to sign up for them but if they're hour-long webinars and a good uh, a good uh, either update for those of you not doing this currently or those of you that are it's a it's a good um, refresher right and that's the thing coming from someone who's not in the reimbursement world and in but obviously deals with it every day with you guys um what I've learned from that is there's really there's no stupid questions that come when it that are that when it comes to reimbursement that it's complicated stuff and having these resources available at the tip of your fingers um, it's it's a great tool to utilize and would highly encourage anybody to go check that out and and see the different topics that they're covering and how they can break it down simply in easy terms to understand. Uh, so, again, definitely check that right. out. Right. And, you know, what I'd like to add on that is because the reason this is it's so important to understand it is because, you know, we've heard people say, well, any willing supplier, what does that really mean? 
Well, you've got to be in good standing. And if, depending on what area you're going to look at, you got to follow the policy. So you're correct, Colin. You, there is no stupid question. And this industry may f- make us feel that way. But it's important to listen to these webinars and to reach out to us when you have questions so that we can help you understand it better because the audits are still there. They're, you know, it's, we have those prepay and postpay audits, and it's not just about getting paid today. It's making sure you keep your money in three years, six years, whenever they decide to do a, a look back on these audits. So that's why it's so important to understand these rules and regulations and what this really means. Definitely. Dan, I know that there is some things changing, uh, maybe a little past, but can you explain what's happening with the KH modifier in the mobility world? Uh, yes, a recent change for those of you that provide mobility products. Uh, come uh, October 1st, this past October 1st, the KH modifier, which is a cap rental first month modifier, um, is no longer needed uh, on purchased cap rental items. So that would apply to complex rehab bases, KO835 and up, and their accessories that are capped rental uh, that are purchased in the first month, as well as repairs. So this would actually apply to all of you uh, mobility providers, not just complex. If you repair a motor, for example, or a joystick on any chair, any power chair, complex or not, it's paid as a lump sum. So therefore, KH uh, would no longer be needed with dates of service October 1st. Uh, and after. Now, if you're renting a, a cap rental item, KH is still required. So it does not go away for that reason. It's still around. Keep that in mind. It's very important. Excellent. Yeah, it's, it is it is very important. And, and Rhonda, uh, what are the big things going on in the respiratory and, and more general DME world? Well, so we've had, um, I feel like oxygen starting to get like the rehab area where we have all these modifiers now. <laughs> so we know that the KX modifier was added for ox- all oxygen HICPIC codes that started August 1st um, to add the, to append the KX modifier. Um, and then it started in April um, with the Q modifiers. And there's been changes along the way as far as how the Q modifiers have to be handled. And those are when, um, depends on a, if there's a various variance in the leader flow, meaning if they have a certain leader flow they're at rest and they have a different one when they're sleeping um you might have to append a a kx mod or i'm sorry a a q modifier with that and what we've done is we've developed a a tool um and you plug in the leader flows and it'll tell you what q modifiers you need so you don't have to figure it out um so it's on our respiratory website and um, people can go there to get that tool, or they can always reach out to me to get it as well. So that comes in very handy when you deal with that pa- that kind of population that's on oxygen. Um, the other thing is on the CPAP side of it is the audits on the CPAP resupply um, from an OIG report that came out last summer. Um, the Van Halen Group has been involved as far as making sure our members are educated on what this means um, because suppliers have already started to get letters for resupply and the look back period is six years. So um, it's important to, to start doing those self audits to make sure that um, you're up to the standards. Um, Cause you could be one of those that could potentially get one of those letters to do a, to do your own self audit and have to report it yourself. If there is um, any type of recoupment that might occur. Um, so I know Wayne just did a webinar this week on it and um, I'm sure that recording is available and the handouts are available. Um, but it's just important to, know those policies, educate your staff, and, and do some self-audits, if you, even if you don't have a letter, just to make sure you're following all the steps. 
the other thing that I wanted to get into, and, and when we're recording this, Hurricane Michael is making landfall as a Category 4 storm. Um, obviously, the prayers go out and thoughts go out to everybody that's going to be in that impacted area, uh, as well as the previous storm that had already hit. Uh, what advice do both or either of you have for suppliers in these impacted areas as far as uh, what the requirements are that change when you're when you're dealing out equipment in a disaster area? W- what do you look for? What what are suppliers and what should they be looking out for? Um, so just I could speak a little bit on the especially with those that are on home oxygen, but in general, even just replacing if patients need equipment replaced due to the loss of it in the some kind of disaster such as the hurricanes, Hurricane Michael, we had Hurricane Florence recently, so and who knows what's ahead of us, but you can replace that equipment and bill for it. Um, and the instructions have been they've been very lenient with it as far as the documentation requirements um, because they know that's a challenge to gather that documentation requirement. So replacing of the equipment and billing for it, I feel like that's a pretty simple step as far as getting paid. Um, it's what concerns me, and I know concerns a lot of other suppliers are those that are on home oxygen, especially when they're dealing with tanks, um, because you're going to lose power and you have to have the, you know, X amount of tanks to um, to make sure the patient has the oxygen they need. And the suppliers don't get reimbursed for that. They just they get a, a flat fee, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't go per tank, I should say. It's a flat fee. Um, so that's a challenge. And it also the challenge is maybe this isn't your patient, it's somebody else's patient, but they're in the area. You know, suppliers have to make a tough decision on what they're going to do, whether they're going to help them or not, because essentially they could not, they won't get paid if it's not their patient. That's a good segue a little bit too, um, before we get to Dan's perspective from the mobility world, is, is one thing that VGM's been doing is is having conversations and, and being involved with CMS to try to get some of these policies changed and to allow for more flexibility for suppliers maybe to be able to accept a patient that they wouldn't have um, as reimbursement as the reimbursement environment gets tighter and tighter uh, one of the suppliers on a phone call that a roundtable phone call a listening session that we had with CMS shared that for years and years they've been in the business and when Hurricane Florence came this was the first time ever that they've had to turn patients away that weren't theirs and just serve the patients that they already have because they couldn't risk losing that much money and with the possibility of not being reimbursed. And so it's something that's very important and at the top of our radar right now in our conversations with CMS and and overall they've they've um they've been very they've had a we've had a great dialogue with them uh, and some other industry stakeholders as well. Um so so that's there's positive things moving forward with that. Um, Dan, what do you see in the mobility world when it comes to this kind of thing? We're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of uh, the similar things that Rhonda mentioned with the natural disasters. And one of the things that's uh, occurring, you know, losing a wheelchair, um, complex rehab or not, is uh, the replacement of that. Uh, and as Rhonda said, it's lenient. You know, they're pretty lenient with the documentation uh, for that because it's within the five-year period uh, the main thing they have to do is, uh, you know, have it documented, use an RA modifier on the claim, which indicates a replacement within the five-year period uh, as a result of a one-time event, which a hurricane would be that, uh, indicate the hurricane in the extra narrative field, 
and uh, I haven't heard any issues with reprocessing of those um, as far as getting them paid through the system. So it's uh, they're actually working very well with us on reimbursing for those products without too much of a inconvenience or hassle for the patient or the provider. Yeah, and the other thing I'd add on that as well is they want to make sure they also use the, in addition to the RAs, that CR modifier because that's a catastrophic event. And that'll, that'll also tell us when the, the Medicare, when the claim is being submitted or paid, trying to get paid, that it was due to a catastrophic catastrophic event. So. And I know we kind of get wrapped around hurricanes, and, and that's what the, what that's what's in the news right now. But we also don't want to forget about our friends out west that are having to deal with and, and been dealing with some significant wildfires. And uh, assuming that these are cross-applicable uh, across hurricanes and flooding and, and wildfires alike, right? Yes, it's for any um, type of disaster, whether it's the wildfires or floods hurricanes, it will apply. And, and yeah, that actually applies to any type of one-time event. So I was actually working with a, a provider of ours the other day where there was a, a fire um, and they have a report of that, you know, home fire it wasn't covered under the home. So um, in, in those situations as well, theft, fire, uh, you know, we talk natural disasters because there have been so many, but uh, good point, Colin. It's, it's a variety of one-time events that they have officially documented can get a replacement. What I would encourage suppliers to do when they have something like that, whether it's someone's home, you know, like Dan had mentioned, a house fire or one of these natural disasters, um, is to make sure you keep that documentation on file as far as maybe that MLN article that came out about it saying the talking about the relief or, you know, some kind of information that came out from CMS or whoever your local contractor is put it in that patient's file that you've replaced that equipment. So if something does come up and question whether it's in two months or two years or whenever, you'll remember what happened because we don't always, it's easy to forget the situation. So it's, if you have that documentation and have that with that particular claim, that'll help be a reminder of what, what was going on and why you did it the way you did it. That's great advice. Uh, before we wrap up, I, I know you guys have had a successful billing roadshow, and that it'd be that will be coming to a close here at MedTrade this coming week. How did that go, and uh, what's in the what's in store, or what's the plan for next year? Absolutely, yes. Um, it has been very well received. We've had um, several throughout the year. Some have been in partnership with uh, some of the state associations. And um, it's a full a full day, five hour uh, class, CEUs as well, applicable uh, to many of the participants. But uh, we, it's a very comprehensive uh, seminar, and we we are together in the morning about general things that apply to everybody, and then break out in the afternoons to uh, specialties. So it's um, a very comprehensive uh, seminar and. MedTrade, uh, this come, upcoming Monday, October 15th, will be our last one of uh, 2018. And then we are also already planning 2019 to have several offered throughout the country. So we'll look forward, uh, make sure everyone looks forward to those coming. And if it's in your area, if you can make it, please try to join us. As that develops, we'll definitely have you guys back on. Uh, Dan and Rhonda, two of my favorite guests and, and most popular by far. Uh, so you can start your morning off with that. Uh, thank you guys for coming on. We really appreciate it. And as always, we, we, we thank you for all your knowledge. 
Well, thank you. And I, that's what we enjoy doing is sharing what we know so our suppliers can be successful um, in their business and make some good business decisions, however that may work for them. So thank you. You bet. Thank you, guys. A big thanks to Dan and Rhonda for joining us this week on Industry Matters. We always appreciate their expertise as it is second to none when it comes to the mobility and DME industries for billing and reimbursement. Next week on Industry Matters, we will be live from MedTrade. We have a number of great interviews lined up with vendors, attendees, and others from the MedTrade showroom floor, so be sure and tune back next week. Uh, But for now, thank you for tuning in this week to Industry Matters, and have a great day.